Welcome to the Plus Six Podcast. My name is Pete, and I go by the name of AFL Ratings Pete on Twitter. Joining me on episode 42 as co-host is a man you know on Twitter as JeppaDT. Welcome to the show, Jep. Hey, Pete. Rounds 9 to 12 were released today. We're now in a condensed fixture format. Six teams are on a buy during this period, with averages likely to be applied, but not yet confirmed as we record this podcast. Pre-planning trades is a must due to the quick turnaround between rounds, Jep. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of fluctuation with players and team selection, and that doesn't um, exclude our primos. We're moving to three trades per round for the remainder of the home and away season, Jep. That's going to assist. Oh, absolutely, and I think um, well warranted and well needed. And um, yeah, it's um, it's going to be interesting how it all plays out. Clubs will be moving to a squad scenario in a condensed fixture. Identifying strong job security is an absolute must, Jep. Yeah, absolutely. And that starting 18 is is, um, very predominant with that. And again, bench cover is crucial, Jep. Of course, always is. And um, never more than now with um, so many rests and, and managed players. Make sure you're following at AFO Ratings on Twitter to maintain a strong fantasy game. While your opponents are still trying to work through news and information, you're in here absolutely crushing it. The weather forecast is an issue for multiple games this week, Jeb. Track updates for captain selections especially. If you would like a chance of scoring a plus six podcast cap for the end of the season, retweet any podcast link that is sent out via Twitter. We're going to give a few more away tomorrow, and at the end of the season, we're going to give a few more away again. So check your Twitter feeds tomorrow if your name pops up. You've scored a plus six podcast cap. Okay, this week on episode 42, Jep, we'll talk about key players ahead of round eight. Keep in mind we're recording this podcast late on Tuesday night, July 21. Make necessary adjustments as news comes to hand. The podcast format will look ahead and be grouped in upcoming games. Obviously, that's going to change next week on the podcast when we have multiple rounds covering just the one podcast remember jeppo and i focus on overall ranking afl fantasy at times we will have differing opinions and you should have heard us pre-podcast when we just went at it it was quite hilarious and probably something we should put on the podcast one day anyway on to round eight, Jep. Gold Coast versus Western Bulldogs. Hugh Greenwood has absolutely been killing it. An average of 107 points from his last three games is all aligned with a Matty Rail injury. The midfield usage is high. With forward status, he's a definite target, Jep. Yeah, it has to be three times on the trot. It's, it's pretty much a given now. Isaac Rankin. The break-even of minus 27 is too hard to ignore. For those who don't own him, now is the time to jump on him. Absolutely. Um, like you said, that break-even is too appealing, and um, there's not a whole bunch of other rooks putting their hand up. Lockie Weller. He's playing through that midfield, plus hitting the scoreboard when moving forward. At 636k, he's a viable option in defence. Your thoughts, Jeb? Yeah, as long as he's playing that midfield role, um, and you know, time's pushing forward, I, I don't mind it. Jack McRae. He's averaged 87.2 points from his last five games. He's a bargain at 775 for me, Jep. Yeah, um, a target for me as well. Um, he's, if you don't have him, he's um, one of, probably one of the most consistent players I'd expect for the rest of the season. 
Tim English, that breakout season is well and truly underway. An average of 94.8 points over his last five games, Jeb, is a decent sample size. The cost to go from Pitnet to English is 257k, Jeb. Yeah, look, he's um, he's hard to ignore, really, for the value pick of, of the Rucks and the Pitnet upgrade for many. So... Um, the bargain of, of the choices and hitting the scoreboard, and obviously this week are going to give Wits the runaround too. Latham Vandermeer. He looked a little fatigued last week for me and didn't see much of it in his forward role. At 401k and a break-even of 18 is one to keep an eye on for owners for a potential cash grab or a potential upgrade jet. Oh, look, I think um, if you don't own him, the time's passed, um, but current owners just... Maybe one or two weeks, and it'll be time to cash him in. Be aware Callum Porter is set to debut for the Bulldogs this week, so that could be a potential issue for Vanderbeer. We're not too sure, but again, we're going to a squad scenario at some stage, and that may actually start to impact this week, Jeff. Yeah, well, um, again, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, but as far as the Bulldogs go, they're playing the kids, which is great for us fantasy coaches needing the bargains. Definitely. On to GWS versus Richmond, Stephen Canelio. He was smashed in the media last week. We expected a response for him in scores, and that's how it played out. At 682k, Jeb, there's nothing to think about here. He's just too cheap. Yeah, agreed. And look, I, I reiterate from last week as well, he, he plays better with Taranto around him. So he's not doing too much of the, the in and under stuff as much as he was when Taranto was missing. And the Giants are under pressure, so I think... Uh, the back half of the season, if they're going to contend for finals and a premiership this year, they should actually should be hitting the road and getting those scores in for us, Jeff. Yep, and they play a very fantasy-friendly game. So, yeah, that's that's spot on. Lockie Whitfield. The ownership is definitely growing. An average of 95.3 points from his last four games. It's a reminder and important point to move on from a low score at any stage during the season, not just from Whitfield, but any time you cop a low score and sometimes not get caught up in fearing a price drop, Jep. Yeah, agreed. He, um, he's been a stalwart for many of us for many years and um, this season he'll keep carrying on as long as there's no injury concerns. Nick Haynes, just 47 points last week with only two marks. The sideways ball movement helps his scores. Giants coach Leon Cameron has been vocal on his desire for more team inside 50s. Holding onto the ball in defence may not be ideal as the Giants try and change their game plan, Jep. Yeah, look, direct footy um, in the shortened format is probably something, um, you know, West Coast learnt as well. So, yeah, you've, you've hit the nail on the head there, Pete. Um, Haynes' scores are probably at risk. Um, how much by, who knows? But, um, look, there aren't a whole heap of Premier defenders putting their hand up. Okay, Dustin Martin. He's now down at 614k, Jep, with a break-even of 85. We can still monitor the situation here, but he may be a cheap upgrade in the next week or two. What are your thoughts? Yeah, monitor because he's going to have the DeBoer tag. So not this week. Let's just um, reassess next week. Jaden Short. An average of 92 points from his last two games without Hawley has been solid. He's a target, yes, but be aware... The last two opponents for the Tigers were fantasy-friendly for him, Jep. Yeah, agreed. I'm not too um, too sold on short. Um, he's been playing well, and obviously designated quarterback for Richmond with no hoolies. Um, so it's a buy-beware issue. Marley and Pickett, a season-high 89 points last week. 
the Giants will be a tougher opponent for that type of return this week, Chip. Yeah, um, definitely. But thank the Lord uh, we got Pickett where he should be and where we thought he was going to be most of the season. Yeah, for sure. On to Derek Eek, Melissa Smith. The matchup last week was a perfect scoring opportunity at 370k. It's not a bad risk to take here, Jip. No, it's not, but we're just going to keep in mind the opponent he had in the type of game that it was. Um, you know, there was no um, hard press from the forwards of North Melbourne. It was they were a bit all over the show, no disrespect. So um, he got on the end of quite a few kicks and... Look, he played well. Let's not give him some credit. But um, fantasy, it's probably yo-yo scores from here on in. Okay, from Egg Melissa Smith to Stasevich is 1,000. So if you've got a spare trade this week, that's actually probably not a bad sideways move because you might be able to increase points right there. And obviously the break-even is quite decent as well. On to North Melbourne versus Carlton. Curtis Taylor. Moved up and down the ground well in round seven, scoring 72 points after a heavy knock the week before. He's still an on-field start now, Jep. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's that's a given. He, he played with a lot of energy and, and was probably North, one of North Melbourne's better, best players, sorry. So, um, yeah, no, he's on-field for many. Should be. Definitely. On to Todd Goldstein. A season-low 71 points last week versus Ivan Soldo. That matchup this week against Mark Pitnet is mouth-watering and a captain material for owners, Jep. Absolutely. He, um, he's going to give Pitnet a lesson and um, owners are sitting pretty. Joy Simkin injured his ankle in the opening minute last week. Somehow he has scored 43 points, but with a high ownership for top-ranked coaches, it didn't really impact too much for owners, Jep. No, it didn't. And we'll, uh, look, we expect Simkin to bounce back as long as there's no huge injury concerns and we haven't heard anything. On to Trent Dumont. The centre bounces have increased with the Kangaroos' midfield injuries. There's not much of a rush here at 686k mid-only, Jep. No, and I would put him in a high-risk category um, yep. regardless going forward. Patrick Cripps. He's in a battle most weeks to score well but he may even be tagged by Luke McDonald this week, Jep. Yeah, look, that's probably likely. Cripps attracts the attention, and um, McDonald's a, um, a pest. On to Sam Doherty. I advised you last week that Carlton coach David Teague has moved away from an east-west game plan. The faster-moving ball may impact Doherty, but the ownership is quite high, so I don't think there's too much of an impact here, Jep. Yeah, look, and... Uh, Let's not do anything drastic and get rid of one of the best defenders to perform this season. Nope. Okay, on to Mark Pitnett. Last week, pre-podcast meeting, I said to you, Pitnett was slowing down and possibly looked fatigue. You actually went with it on the podcast, and it played exactly out that way. I think it's time to move on, especially now he's losing cash jet. Yeah, definitely. He's got to go. Um, he looked pretty rusty and um, not too light on his feet. So it's a trade this week for sure. Sydney versus Hawthorne, Callum Mills. Understanding how Mills scored his 125 points in round six may have saved plenty from that trade-in last week. He's likely at the top of his price range right now, Jep. Yeah, and he's obviously still playing that back six, so there's no role change. Um, and yeah, it's, um, it's, it's probably a no. Oliver Florent, the scores are drawing up here, Jep. It might be time to eject, especially in what could be a volatile team for roles for the remainder of the season at the Swans. What are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think Florent's still learning about his game and um, there's going to be some inconsistencies. So, yeah, moving on. Dylan Stevens, who was quite with just 45 points last week. He still should see plenty of opportunities out on the wing to finish the season, Jet. What are your thoughts? Yeah, look, job security is obviously great um, and he has a good crack and, and, and he's not dying wondering, that's for sure. But, um, yeah, just learning, his on-field learning's getting there and, and we're going to have some topsy-turvy scores as a result. Chad Wingard, I mentioned last week his midfield usage had dried up, but the Hawks <laughs> need some run and carry through that midfield. But again, they also need that those some of those weapons up forward. Jeb, what are your thoughts? Oh, look, I think Wingard is, you know, if Clark is going to make some big moves, which he might have to here, um, you know, Wingard might become a permanent mid. And he's one of the better ball users, and I think that's what they're lacking out of that midfield is is the inside 50 delivery. So, look, I, I put him penciling down for a, a bit of a role change in that respect and, and probably a good get. Um, but... Oh, for me, I think it's a hold for a week and, and wait and see what happens. On to Tom Mitchell. Apart from his one game of 102 points against the Magpies this year, he's averaged 72.8 points from all the other games. There may be an upgrade required. Can you believe it at some stage here, Jeb? Yeah, I'm, I was actually going to suggest that as well. I think if if there's going to be uh, a move made from these top-ranked coaches, it's it's offloading Mitchell. You know, mm. we're at three trades a week, we get that bonus trade again, yep. and um, it's it's not out of the ordinary to, to offload Mitchell with these ceilings basically gone. So, um, yeah, I I'm an advocate for it, and um, you know, if I didn't have too many problems, I'd look at it myself. Port Adelaide versus St Kilda. Dan Houston. He was used at a high rate through that midfield last week. He's comfortable trading for non-owners, Jep. Yeah, absolutely. One of the best defenders of uh, 2020 thus far. And there can't be too many non-owners out there. Some may have offloaded him. But, yeah, look, he um, his role looks assured and Port Adelaide are playing well. Sam Mays. He was pretty decent last week in defence, scoring 67 points. The mid-only status is a hindrance for fantasy coaches at 324k, Jep. Yeah, don't mind um, picking up Mays here. Um, again, not too many uh, players with cash generation, so we've got to look at these types, and 324K is not you know, too crazy, so a, a decent pickup with the break-even of 11. All right, Travis Boak. He's averaged 94 points from his opening three games, but only 74.5 points from his last four games. He's now down at 747K. Jeb, any chance coming in for you soon? Not for the not with the condensed fixture. Being one of the older players, I think he's at risk of having a rest. So I'm definitely considering that going forward, not just with Bokey, but others. Good point. On to Jack Steele. He's averaging 89.4 points in what has been a fine season so far. But the 791 price tag could be at the top of his range as far as salary is concerned, Jep. Yeah, I don't see um, value in Jack Steele, although um, he's playing... Great football. It's um, there's better pickups in the midfield. Seb Ross, the high inside midfield usage isn't consistently there this year. Uh, just hit eject button for me right here, Jeff, for those owners. Yeah, and again, he um, he's probably on the outer playing on the, as an outside mid, and we're we used to seeing him as an inside mid. So watching him last night, um, that was pretty evident for me. So. Tackle numbers take effect ever so slightly, but it's, you know, in the shortened format, it all adds up, doesn't it? Correct. On to Rowan Marshall. 
Ryder returned on Monday night, which impacts his scoring. Saints coach Brett Ratton stated last week, Marshall looked tired the week prior. This is a complete avoid target right here, Jep. Yeah, and he looked tired last night too. So um, those looking to upgrade Pitnet, he'd, he'd not go near Marshall. Oh, I don't think that's wise. Yeah, very good point right there. On to Adelaide versus Essendon. Rory Laird, just one game over 80 points this season for Laird. In a year in which the ball has lived inside the Crows' defensive 50, that's actually a poor return, Jep. Yeah, um, he started started really well, started active, and then just faded, um, which is which is a concern. And again, you just avoid the players that can't put four quarters together. Just another defender. The scores are volatile, and you know we can leave those trades to potentially later in the season for those still upgrading in defence. Okay, on to Will Hamill. Been bullish on Hamill, but just 18 points on Monday night. All of a sudden, that break even is at 20. The cash generation has slowed. The role in the back line, I actually still like it. Yeah, he's a, he's obviously a run and, and risk taker, and and he's an impact player, so doesn't need a whole lot of the ball to get noticed. And um, but you know those fantasy scores aren't doing anyone any favours. So it's bench cover at best, and um, when you can trade him out, you trade him out. Yep, good point. On to Rolly O'Brien at 776k and no threat at this stage to his solo ruck roll. He's a decent second tier option to Grundy and Gornjep. Absolutely, and probably one of the, the main targets other than the two or three obvious ones. So um, those daring to be different, it's Rolly O'Brien. Yeah, and he's low ownership in those top rank countries, so there's a path to unique team okay on to tom dodie he's averaged 87 points from his last two games that's with an average of 10.5 marks which is extremely high at 524k a break even of 20 with three trades per week is he worth the risk yet he was very much captain material last night and um i like the look of him a lot he um he did his team proud and his supporters proud, and he's obviously quoting on the fantasy scores too. So, yes, he's worth it. Um, Essendon probably don't have the best history of delivery inside 50, so expect more set marks this round. Andrew McGrath, a slow 72 points last week, but a decent matchup against the Crows awaits this round. The midfield usage remains high, Jeff. Yeah, you still got the role. Um, yeah, the ceiling scores, I suppose, aren't there. But, um, you know, we, we'd expect 80-plus out of him this week against the Crows. Devin Smith. With the midfield and suspension issues, Smith's CBAs have spiked. Short-term upside only here, Jep. Yeah, and look, we've had these forwards just in at an absolute luxury. And, um, yeah, Devin Smith's at the bottom of those of that luxury list, I suppose. So well, plenty well ahead of him. Jordan Ridley, Jeb, like all marking defenders, his scoring will fluctuate. It's just 62 points last week, but he remains an option, especially at 614k, Jeb. Yeah, well, look, 62 from a pre-defender's uh, not that out of the ordinary these days. Yeah, he, he's still got the goods and, and a very good kick in the back line, and um, I still like him as a target. Um but, you know, that mid that, that price, there's quite a handful of players that you can select from. And, yeah, um, you know, Ridley's probably one of the in the top three of that of that price bracket. West Coast versus Collingwood. Brad Shepard, he's averaged 10.7 marks and 89.3 points from his last three games. I've been high on him. 
If that form continues, Jeb, is he value for you at 659k? Try not to make, try not to laugh there, uh, Pete. We, uh, we we spoke about Shepherd offline. He's he's been playing well and um, obviously getting a bit more of the ball with Jeddah out the team. But look, I, I know my team well, and I think there's a lot amongst the three backmen that um, are getting the ball, being Duggan, Hearn, and, and Shepherd. So look, he's not for me, and I wouldn't recommend picking him up. Uh, if only listeners could have heard our pre-podcast meeting. <laughs> it was quite volatile on Shepard. But anyway, we'll see how it plays out. I'm high on him. Jep's obviously not. Okay, on to Andrew Gaff. He finally got there in the end on Sunday with 80 points. And geez, it was a struggle to get there. The issue is he's going to be in the low 700s in two weeks, Jeb, and a monster target for non-owners. Yeah, um, those those without him, and, and obviously, and he should be at the top of their list because he loves the Optus um, Stadium deck, and he, he will hopefully get in a better groove um, now that he's back home. So definitely um, scores from 80-plus from here on in are expected for sure. Tim Kelly, Eagles coach Adam Simpson, stated yesterday he has clicked recently. Do fantasy coaches click on Kelly with just 4% ownership in that top 24 with unique pass, Jep? Well, not having Shuey helps his scores, definitely. And But for me, he looks a lot fitter than he did a month ago. Yeah. A, a significantly a lot fitter. So um, I think he's going to have a spike. And if you want to have that short-term gain, then Kelly's your man. Adam Trelaw, another player owned by 4% of those top 25 coaches. A monster 105-point average from his opening three games. Jeb, he's at 867K. He's expensive, but quite unique. Yeah, I like the unique part of it, obviously. Um, Yo goes to him this week, I think, and um, although might hit the leader in Pendlebury, we'll wait and see. Um, but nevertheless, I don't think Yo would bother him too much. He commands a lot of, through that centre line, and he'll continue his good scoring run. Brody Grundy, the question for non-owners here, Jeb, is how quickly do they need to enter the bank to get him at 893k? Your thoughts? Well, I think he's going to give Nick Nat the runaround this week, and I, I'm expecting a pretty decent score. So in terms of, of when to target him, I think now, I think there's no better time than now. He's Yeah, I know his break-even's 100, but let's be honest, 100 is um, is pretty standard for, for the ruck pig. So let's... Um, Let's give him the respect and, and expect only what Grundy can provide. Okay, this is a conversation that's going to be continued on with Max Gorn, but me having a look at those top-ranked coaches last week, there just wasn't enough cash generation. So for those owners who are on pit net without Grundy, you know, do, are they emptying the bank? And if that's the case, the, the upgrades for next round just aren't going to be there for the top-ranked coaches. Again, after looking at those top rank coaches there is little cash generation so do they empty the bank jeb or do they go to a second tier top rock no you got to go to a second tier top rock priority one is removing all the on-field playing rooks in your team okay everything else waits so um gone if you got to upgrade pit net forcefully obviously it's it's the bargain picks, the Goldies, the O'Briens that we spoke about, and the Tim Englishes. So, Gorn is just out of reach um, for those without a, a war chest, and um, and those with Gorn, you know, against Stephen Martin this round, he, he should go pretty well. Steel side bottom round eight is his last week of suspension. 
He's a non-negotiable trade-in for me at 800k with a 74 break-even prior to round nine. Jeff, your thoughts? Yeah, like it's the list is is getting big in this forward line. You know, we yeah. got the Petrarcas, the Whitfields. You know, Michael Walters you could throw in, Simpkin, you add in um, Greenwood now and Sidebottom, and that's it. There's your six. So, um, yeah, I agree. Sidebottom is um, is too good to pass up in your forward line. So um, plan ahead. These are my thoughts exactly right here, Jep. For those top-ranked coaches with Pitnet, they're going to empty at least some part of the bank to upgrade this week, you would think. The problem here, Jep, is those top-ranked coaches are going to blow their bank on pit net upgrade, yet those in the chasing pack probably need a point of difference, and it will be getting side-bottom ASAP. Well, I think Curtis Taylor is, is um, you know, almost maxed out, so you would think for many looking to bring in side-bottom next week, Curtis Taylor's a part of that. And it may even be with the cash generation that a Bailey Smith goes or Maybe. or even, you know, a Jai Simpkin, and that's a pretty big punt to take. Um, again, I reiterate, the priority has to be getting rid of your on-field playing rooks. And um, so, yeah, it's um, it's an interesting one given how far it is to get to side bottom, but we can only plan ahead, can't we? Okay, on to Melbourne versus Brisbane. Max Gorn. He's in elite form, averaging 114.8 points from his last five games. At 943k, can you believe it, Jeb? The issue for Pitnet owners, let's get on this topic once again, is that Gorn is nearly double his salary to upgrade, and he nearly 4x'd his score last week. Your thoughts? Yeah, look, it's it's you can't get to Gorn, basically, um, if you don't already have him. So it's, it's a pass. You've got to... Look to a bargain pick, as we mentioned before, plain and simple. On to Christian Petrarca. He's also in great form. The matchup this week gets a little bit tougher, however, Jip. Yeah, look, um, he'll, he'll get more attention, obviously, being a match winner. And boy, was he a match winner last week. So um, no doubt. And his confidence is sky high. And we can only hope he continues on that path. On to Jack Varney. His last two weeks have been solid for owners. He might be sent to Lockie Neal this week, which may limit his output with a negating role. Jep, your thoughts? Yeah, fair fair point. Um, we'll see how that plays out. But in terms of where Melbourne's at, I think there's a lot of belief in the group and it starts with their leaders and Viney's one of them. So he's leading from the front. Lockie Neal, a decent last quarter made for respectable 73 points matched up against Matt DeBoer. But a 25k price drop with a break-even of 124 points will likely result in a significant price drop upcoming, Jeb. Your thoughts? Yeah, and I think Melbourne were targeting physically um, as well, as like many teams have, some with, uh, without success. So, um, yeah, non-owners, just avoid for the short term. Hugh McCluggage. He was cleared from a serious shoulder injury in round six but an average of 64 points from his last two games has leveled his salary at 718k mid-only, Jeb. Any chance for you? No, not not in the short term, mate. We'll wait and see. I can be swayed, but no. Brandon Starsevich. The job security appears fine, but the scores aren't anywhere near decent in his lockdown role, Jeb. He's got to go now. He's maxed out. It's time to uh, trade him out. Fremantle versus Geelong. Andrew Brayshaw. The last three weeks have been solid, but with a huge ownership for top-ranked coaches, 
He's not a trade target for non-owners looking to improve friendship. Your thoughts? Yeah, agree. Agree with that comment. Um, and he's probably another that, um, you know, people might look to offload to get to side bottom. Caleb Sarong. The CBAs are solid enough, but he's still adapting at AFL level. Hopefully he can start to win more ball around stoppages in the near future, Jip. And a little bit, yeah. more, to, a little bit more time on ground would help as well. Yeah, it would. I was going to mention that. Um, look, he, he's got all the tools, so it's a patience game, and um, I still think um, Justin Longley will back him in and give him the opportunities. Um, but until then, he's a bench cover. Michael Walters. Solid 74 points from Walters last week. With side bottom a priority, he's still a forward target, but not a first option upgrade yet. No, the cheaper upgrade option. Um, but like we said previously, there's plenty to pick from. Um, yeah, and look, from his point of view in his game, he um, he's leading that team and the best kick in that team. And, and he's playing a lot more midfield time than we're, what we're used to seeing. Patrick Dangerfield, he's averaged 106 points from his last two games. He's still cheap enough at 761k, but that break-even of 57 will likely result in multiple price rises, Jep. Yeah, can't disagree with that, mate. He um, he hits his straps when he wants to, that's for sure. Um, it's about consistency and thinking what he's going to do from here on in. Um, and look, the Optus Stadium deck probably suits his game too, so not a bad trade target. Yeah, he's low-owned in that top 25. We'll get to those ownership numbers in a little, little bit. But, yeah, there's one unique path right here with Patrick Dangerfield. Okay, on to Brandon Parfit. With Selwood now sidelined, the Cats midfield will change yet again. Parfit's position should be decent enough for his scoring. But it does fluctuate, Jep. It does. And, um, again, we with that risk, you, you've got to look to others, don't you? Sam Simpson. The minus 30 break-even can't be ignored for non-owners. Another huge price rise is almost assured this week, Jep. Yeah, and with um, not much cash generation happening, you can't ignore it. So um, Simpson and Rankin this week are the two um, must-gets to um, generate those dollars. Okay, we're going to look at some key top 25-ranked coaches and their ownership on-field numbers from last round. Okay, here we go. Defenders, Doherty 100%, no surprises there. Houston 68%, Lloyd 52%, Starsevich still 44%. Interesting, still plenty willing to start Starsevich despite his low scores. We've got Brody Smith at 40%, Nick Haynes at 28%, Maynard 28%, Crisp 20%, Weller 20%, Cicely 20%, and Dodie at 20%. Your thoughts, any players outstanding there for you, Jep? Yeah, it's a good range, isn't it? So a good mix. And um, oh, I think Dodie owners are pretty happy. Uh, Maynard owners nervous. It, it's it's a good mix. And it's the story of the season, really, with the defence fluctuating scores so much. Yep, agreed. On to midfielders. Mitchell, 92%. Again, that's where we hit on the low scores. If you're looking for a unique path, chasing top-ranked teams, that might be one option for you. Sam Simpson increased by 84% last week to 88% on field. So most top 25 ranked coaches started him last week. Lockie Neal at 76%. The decrease is continuing. Minus 8% compared to last week. He was 100% owned by the top 25 at the end of round 5. So just a different path again for fantasy coaches that didn't 
chase and spend up for Neil. What are your thoughts before we move on to the other midfielders there on Lockie Neil, Jep? Yeah, look, it, it comes back to the Gorn argument as well. There's there's obviously other value picks that um, are score near enough that what Lockie Neil's going to score from this point forward. Andrew McGrath, 56%. Canelio, 52%. Vaughn, 48%. And still strong in that top 25 Taylor Adams, 40%. Lockie Whitfield, 36%. is also wholly owned in that forward line at 44%. So that's quite high for Whitfield right there. Marley and Pickett was started on 32% on ground last week for top 25 ranked coaches. We've got Caleb Sarong, 28%. Noah Anderson, 24%. Jake McRae, 24%. There's a unique premium right there. Jai Simkin was at 20% in the midfield. He was also owned at 76%. In the forward line, so that's getting back to the, you know, that's a player that gets injured, but due to his high ownership, it doesn't really affect your rank. We've got Patrick Cripps at 16%, Dangerfield, as we mentioned earlier, at 16%. Vandermeer, interestingly, in the midfield, started on field at 16%. And Andrew Graff at 12%, with our scores being small the last couple of weeks. Your thoughts on any of those players, Jip? Well, it's, it comes back to the obvious of, of getting rid of those on-field rooks playing. So um, you've got Sarong, um, Pickett, mm, uh, Anderson. Van Andermeer, Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you've really, if you, you're trying to maximise points, that's where your first priority lies. So, um, yeah, action needs to be taken in that respect. Okay, onto the ruck situation in the top 25 ranked coaches. Pitnet, 64%. Last week, identified highly ranked coaches with their thin benches. They will have to enter the bank this week for a major premium upgrade, which may be restricting at some stage for the next couple of weeks in upgrades, Jeb. Your thoughts just on Pitnet before we go to the others? Yeah, um, he's just one got to go this week. It's um, There's no downgrade targets, and it, the only way is up. So... Plan accordingly and, and plan ahead. Brody Grundy, 60%. That's up 24% from last week. Max Gorn at 40%. Goldstein, 28%. O'Brien, 4%. So just hitting on O'Brien again. There's a unique pass right there. Wits at 4%. Grundy and Gorn owned by 16% of coaches. So that's four of the top 25. That's plus 12% from last week. There will likely be a stack of coaches closing in on top-ranked teams with that combo jet. Definitely. Absolutely, 100% with that. That um, That is a given, um, given the form both of those guys are in. Okay, on to the forward line. Christian Petrarca, 100% owned. Bailey Smith, 76%. Simpkins, 76%. Obviously, he's got some midfield ownership there. Brayshaw, that's Andrew Brayshaw, 76% high ownership. Taylor, 60%. Again, he's strong. There's one player you might look to jump off if to find a unique path, especially if he has a poor score. Compared to those top-ranked coaches, you can make some difference in your rank. Whitfield, 44%. Again, he's got some ownership in that midfield. Hugh Greenwood's the one at 40% for me, Jeb. And I'm going to mention him here again, and I think he's a non-negotiable at the end of round eight at steel side bottom, obviously at 0%. Your thoughts? Yeah, look, Greenwood, 40%. That makes sense on the back of three tons. So very much climbing the ranks with Greenwood. So that continues. He's one of the best tacklers I've ever you know, come across in, in modern day. And um, I think planning ahead with Fasaiba next week is, um, is pretty wise. Okay, the numbers there, Jeb. 
we're going on to a condensed fixture as I mentioned earlier in the podcast. And next podcast will hit again late on Tuesday night, July 28. And that will only just be a few hours before round nine. So we'll get that podcast up ASAP next Tuesday night. And you've only got a few hours up your sleeve to listen to that prior to your round nine trades. Jeppe and I return again for episode 43 next Tuesday night. The podcast schedule, yes, for the remainder of the season will land still on Tuesday nights. Jep, that's it for episode 42. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Thanks, guys.